When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy, the TDN Podcast. Fantasy Podcast. With your host Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome in to the TDN Fantasy Podcast, Paige Demakos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner. And there should be a little extra energy on the podcast today. You want to know why? Because we're breaking down an official week one line for Thursday night football. We have arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, we're very excited. We've got a hell of a kickoff to the NFL season. We got Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, better known as the Trubisky Bowl. I'm just going to get that out of the way. Just, just, just throw it out there so I don't have to hear it later on. Okay. I can't stole the thunder from anybody else who wanted to bring it up, uh, but very excited for Thursday night football. If you're listening to this podcast, we're recording on Wednesday as we look ahead to the big kickoff to the NFL season. Jake, let's take a moment to just be excited about football season. What are you most excited about as the NFL gets ready to kick off here? I don't know. I find myself weirdly subdued. Like it's not really here. Uh, yeah. I know the excitement's there. I talked to one of my analyst buddies last night that I talked to every week of the season. And that was, uh, it kind of got me hype a little bit. I think once I sit down on the couch and, and the game is kicking off, I'm going to be there. I watched some college football the other day just to see what it was like without fans. And uh, it was weird. I didn't realize you see the fans in the, NFL, in the NFL so much more than you see it in hockey or soccer. Uh, basketball is still weird to watch like that, right? Cause you mm-hmm. see the fans a lot. So I don't know. It's, that, that part's going to be weird. But seeing real football, I, I, no preseason's got me so thrown off, right? Like no preseason games to get that hype meter going. And you get week one and now you just can't take it anymore. Uh, I'm not there yet. I don't, it's weird. I don't know. I'm getting, I'm getting there. But it's like, I think as soon as it's, I see the kickoff, I'll, I'll be there. So I, I wasn't there. I was kind of like you. But then I've done now kicking off the last week when we did our TDN premium fantasy draft. That got the juices flowing. Then I drafted with Baron Davis last night, and I was sniping all of their picks, all of their picks. So I was Nan, who's the CEO of Sleeper, uh, who has done an excellent job putting together such. They have a phenomenal fantasy platform. He just every time he's like, "You're sniping every one of my picks." I was like, "You should hit up Jake Arians and let him know because we picked. He picked first, and I picked second this time. So it was I was opposite of him, but I would flip flop, and he's like, "I can't believe you're taking all my picks." So it was fun, and that got that got the juices flowing. And then I'm doing another fantasy draft tonight, so I think that's that's what's got me all, all the way in the right mind frame. And if Jake, if you need a little extra push to get you there, pizza wings fantasy draft usually does the trick to just get you all the way over the finish line to get you just right in that perfect frame of mind. That's, that's what everybody needs to be doing. And, and a nice ice cold beer. That's always, always, I'll be ready by the time we get there tomorrow night. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure you will. Jamie, what's your excitement meter looking like? 
It, extremely high uh, because I've been spending all week diving into fantasy rankings, start sit columns that are going to come out on, on Thursday, sneaky starts on Friday. Today, you've got rookie stock watch with an awesome graphic that uh, not this intern Henry, but a different intern Henry made for us that you can see on, on Twitter right now. Uh, so I'm just diving into all of it and getting to actually evaluate real matchups. Like let's look hyper-focused instead of looking at the, the entire season as a whole. Um, and also like a, six days ago, I already got my just crushing, my first crushing football betting defeat out of the way uh, when Jake's alma mater decided to fumble the football late in the first half when you have UAB minus 11 and a half uh, against Central Arkansas in the first half. But other than that, uh, I've, so I've got that out of the way. I've got that bad juju out of the way to start. Uh, my football betting season and I'm really excited to get back going again uh, I, I took a peek um, I know we're only gonna do one game today we're gonna do our Friday morning show where we break down all the lines but uh, using bet online but looking I look back at our last two years numbers for Jake and I they're they're damn good I mean we're, we're both well over 50% picking every single NFL game from week one to the Super Bowl over the last two years uh, and our locks are doing even better than that. So I'm really excited for year three of us tracking that. Year four for, for Jake, but year three for me and him together tracking all this stuff going forward. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a good ride for the crew. So if you're, you're getting ready to uh, start diving into some gambling as, as the season kicks off, I know uh, people and sports fans and sports gamblers are very excited to have football back because that's, it's, that, it's definitely that time of the year. And a quick note on that for our Friday shows, if you are new, maybe you, you're a new listener from this off season, we do go over every single game. We talk about it from a betting angle, but we also fantasy as well. So even if you have no interest whatsoever in fantasy or no interest whatsoever in gambling, there will be something for you uh, every single game that we cover on Friday. So we kind of get a little chance to delve into both. It's a longer show. It's usually our longest show of the week. Uh, we're making sure it's out for you earlier this year. I know uh, that's been one of the things I was requested. Can we get this out earlier in the day Friday? That is our plan, that every day you will have this in your favorite podcast app by the time you are commuting to work on Friday morning. That's the good, that's, that is the new promise from the TDN Fantasy crew, uh, especially because we got we got a shout-out to our UK listeners. We got our, a, a nice little group of, of big-time NFL fans in the UK that are premium members. They're listeners of the pod. Uh, man, I give them extra credit for, for dealing with the time change and diving in. And I know what it's like because it's hard to be a soccer fan in the U.S. because of the time change. So I know. I get it. That's extra-level dedication to be an NFL fan when you live in the UK, but you're not going to have to wait that much longer because Jacksonville is going to be there in two years, guys. So don't worry. It will, it will, it will, it won't be that much longer. Okay. They are passionate for sure, man. I love it over there. Yeah. Jake had firsthand experience and, and definitely had positive things to say. So want to start off with a little bit of news um, and then talk about the inevitable overreaction um, slash I wasn't paying attention to depth chart releases that happened. So let's start with the unfortunate news because it had a massive move to a line uh, for Sunday's slate of games. So Von Miller will be out for the season as it, as it stands. He's getting a second opinion. I think as that was the latest news that I saw, he's going to, to Green Bay to the foot specialist to make sure that it is in fact as bad as it's an ankle injury um, and that he would be out for the year. But Jamie, you were paying attention to the line right as it, right as that news broke. And it was a big move. Um, I wish, I, I mean, I know how good Von Miller is, but this is, Man, Vegas really respects Von Miller, um, seeing as how much that line moved. 
It was very surprising and it was right place, right time for me because the benefit of week one is you get to work ahead a little bit because nobody's going to, aside from injuries, clearly. Uh, so I had to rewrite part of it, but you can pretty much work ahead on this because there's nothing going to happen game-wise between now and Monday Night Football. And I just happened to notice the Von Miller news right as I was done wrapping up. And as I was writing about a game that was a pick at the time, the line shifted to minus one instantly and then about two, three minutes later to minus two and a half in Tennessee's favor on the road in Denver for the late Monday night football game. Uh, it's, it's an overreaction, I think, but I think part of the reason why, and, and again, this is where always the reminder is, we, we tend to use lines as a proxy for how good Vegas thinks a team is versus another team versus what their actual goal is, is to get the, an even amount of bets on both sides. And an even amount of money, I should say, on both sides, a liability. Uh, because this game was so up in the air and because they've kind of gone back and forth, you had the Clowney signing for Tennessee, which moved the line a point and a half. You have the Von Miller being out. They're kind of trying to figure out how to get even money in here. So I don't really think that Ron Miller is a two-and-a-half-point player. Uh, that is a – that's not quite a quarterback line change because we've seen quarterback line changes much by five, six, sometimes seven points, depending on who the backup is. That's a pretty significant move there. But the other note that came out was that Bradley Chubb is not 100% yet. So I take back what I said about on our potential like defensive, of the year, uh, rookie, or defensive player of the year long shots, that he might be on a snap count. So now that Denver pass rush is really limited. And I think at that point, I'm, I'm now concerned. Uh, we'll talk more about that game on Monday and break down all the nuances of it. But uh, there's, there are some issues now that they had in Denver that we did not anticipate them having two or three days ago. More so, Jake, I was going to say on this, I'm interested to see how you evaluate this football team now because there is, there is a lot of hype for them, right? There was a lot of hype for them around this team. They've got a lot of exciting new pieces on offense. But this is the team that the head coach, Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio wants to play hard-nosed defense and run the football. We've talked about that a million times when cautioning people to get overly excited about the new shiny toys on offense, right, Jake? But if – if Von Miller's out for the season and Bradley Chubb isn't 100% a go, how much of an impact is that going to make on this team? Because, oh, by the way, they got to play in the division with Patrick Mahomes. Three or four games difference, I think. I just, I, I've tempered my expectations looking at their schedule to start the year. I said their offense was going to start slow until they figure out their identity. They want to run the ball. They want to play action. They want to throw it to these young guys. But without Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, this defense is not going to be – anywhere I don't think they're gonna be that good at all and they play some world beaters pretty early uh I don't know that this team has a chance at all unless Chubb gets back it looks it's, it's not very different with running backs and everybody everybody else the first year back from ACL is a mother mm -hmm. it gets sore it flares up which is what happened in the first scrimmage that he played in last week I hadn't practiced since um I don't think this team has a chance to make the playoffs without Von Miller and unless Bradley Chubb comes back 100% as a world beater this offense is going to start slow. They play some really good defenses early. Uh, this is this is catastrophic to this team. Yeah, I I know I know Vic well. Uh, obviously, as the defensive coordinator in Chicago for a while, he's. This has got to be such a tough blow for that team um, because of what they want to do and what they want to execute, and this changes how they want to play. And it's how, yeah, exactly. It's how they want to execute. They don't want to blitz. They don't want to blitz that much. Vic doesn't want to have to blitz. He doesn't have to when you got Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. Now they're going to yeah. have to create pressure somehow. And if his defense isn't as good, 
the whole run the ball, play good defense things out the window, and you're putting a lot more pressure on Drew Locke and young receivers that have no chemistry from this abrupt offseason. Uh, I, I don't like it. I think they're going to start slow, and I think that's going to continue longer than I thought. They may turn it about week, you know, week eight, week ten, and finish strong and maybe have a chance at the playoffs. I don't see that happening uh, with this team. Now this defense, they're just not going to be able to play and execute, to your point, like he wants to defensively. It's going to put way too much pressure on this offense. Yeah, he's not, he's not going to have the pieces he wants to execute his game plan, right? And that's, that's, that sucks for this team because they're already going into game one being pushed out of what they want to do. And that's, that's tough news. And those are also – I mean, Von Miller is, is a, a leader, a captain. I mean, he's an unbelievable – he brings so much to the field all the time that we can't quantify. It's all the intangibles that are out there on top of being an unbelievably talented player. So it's a, it's a big loss for this Denver team who I know a lot of people were really excited about. Let's switch gears and talk about the depth chart releases, mostly because I want Jamie to dunk on people. So Jamie, feel free to take this opportunity to take the mic and dunk on the public because if you weren't paying attention and you're probably, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you were in this crowd, I don't really know what to do with you because you're not listening to us. So if you listen to the pod, I'm just going to let Jamie, Jamie, take it away, brother. So I've got a number of questions over the last day or so since the Rams released their official unofficial depth chart. And Cam Akers was third on the list behind starter Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson at number two. As I've been saying on the show for what I feel like it has to be two to three months now, Malcolm Brown is going to be a problem for fantasy owners. They like him a lot. They matched an RFA tender from Detroit on him last year. And he's the most trustworthy they have in goal to goal situations. He's going to get a lot of work. Now, is Cam Akers still going to get work? Absolutely. Will Henderson get mixed in as well when he is healthy and active? Absolutely. This was always going to be a committee, especially early in the season. Now, maybe Cam Akers can really get going and looks great. Maybe can be 60% of the guy, 65% of the guy late in the year. That's very possible. But this was always going to be a committee. And I don't understand how anybody at any point thought otherwise, barring multiple injuries to the backs, that this was going to be anything other than a committee. So I am very surprised to see people shocked. The other thing I will note is you still can't overreact to these depth charts. Just because Cam Akers is third doesn't mean he's not going to get work. I would still start Cam Akers if I had to start a Rams running back this week, but none of them are top, you know, none of them are RB2s. Um, But it just, to me, it's just, I don't know what people were expecting. It, and this goes back to the falling in love with the glitz and glamour of rookies and young players and forgetting about veterans that are already there, already know the system and have already had some level of success before. This is just you getting starstruck again. If you thought Cam Akers was going to be the bona fide, no doubt, week one starter getting 20 carries, uh, you weren't listening to this show because we never said that. Did any of you play high school football? Because this is Barely. so similar to, okay, well, not, not you specifically, anybody <laughs> listening. Every senior is going to start. I don't give a damn how great your potential sophomore running back is. He's not starting over the senior. The depth chart, he might not even be on the depth chart written above the junior that's in front of him. When it comes down to nut-cutting time and the coach has to make a freaking decision, he's going with the best player. If that's Cam Akers in week two or three, who gives a damn what the depth chart says? He's not going to be the starter over Malcolm Brown anytime soon. That has nothing to do with game flow, how much he touches the ball. Calm the hell down, people. 
go back to thinking about, okay, yes, when I played high school football, the senior running back got eight carries, but he was the starter every week. The superstar young sophomore got 20 touches that game and really was the guy we leaned on. But when it came to the first quarter of the next week, that senior was the one starting. It's not any different. That's exactly what we're talking about here. And game flow is going to dictate who touches the ball most. By the way, Todd Gurley being gone takes all the pressure off the head coach to do whatever the hell he wants. Todd Gurley gets so good there for a while. I think they ran it more than McVay really wanted to. I think he wants to air this son of a bitch out and throw it 50 times a game. And they have the receivers and tight ends to do that. I'm not high on any of the running backs unless one of them really becomes big in the passing game. And that was all to be determined. I love that we are already at the point of which we're ranting. It's not even – we are we are officially ranting already. Now I'm excited, Paige. It's finally here. I knew took. it. I knew it. I knew we would just need to get the juices flowing a little bit, get a rant, get it like this. Oh, man, I just – I love football so much. I'm just so happy to, to be back in this in this place where we're ranting about things that are people not listening to us and doing stupid stuff, which happens each and every year somehow. And I couldn't echo what Jake and Jamie said more um, other than to just tell you to, to just relax. Jamie, hit me with the next one. I know there's yeah. more. Hit me with another yeah. one. Before I hit you the next one, let's also sit back and count. Go actually through your running back list and count how many running backs – are going to get guaranteed when they're healthy 75% of their team's carries. It's a small list. And to continue to think in that mentality, like, by the way, that list does not include Dalvin Cook. Last year, when, I, when Dalvin Cook and Madison were healthy, Madison got more than a quarter of the carries, and Cook was just fine, okay? Austin Eckler's not going to get that 75%. A lot of these guys are not. You don't need that to be the case to have a very successful fantasy season. That's what separates the McCaffreys, the Saquons, the Elliots from the world. Even Alvin Kamara is going to split some carries, and he always has, but it doesn't matter because he's going to catch the ball a gajillion times. Like, a lot this, of them are this, better if they do. Yes. A lot of them aren't as good a player. I don't want Kamara getting 30 touches a game. No. Like, he's going to get hurt again. No. Like, it's this, just – it's we this, have to shift the way that we think about what a RB1 or, R, or elite RB2 in fantasy is. It's not the same as it was five years ago. This is why we told you to draft a lot of running backs. Again, I hope you drafted a lot of running backs because there is not very many, as Jamie and Jake and I talked about, this is the one year where it was like, mm, I don't want to be in those top four spots because the difference between the top four running backs and everybody else is a pretty dramatic drop-off. And even more so, it could be said that it was with the Camara news, depending on when you were drafting, it felt more like three because you were – kind of up in the air with what was going to happen with Kamara. And and now the Dalvin Cooks, I mean, it's, there is, this is why we told you, you better have some running back depth and you better do it early on because if you didn't, you got to round three and you're looking around and you're like, ah, And we also said not rookies. Yeah, also, also. I mean, whoever said Cam Akers is going to play more than Jonathan Taylor or DeAndre Swift? No. It's just, it's, but none of them are listed as a starter right now. Yeah. Is that shocking to anybody? You don't it, count it on rookies. Damn sure don't count rookies a week one. Week one of with no, no preseason. Season, what the hell do we know? We don't know Jack. The coach is going with a veteran that they know something about. Exactly. My and favorite, I, it's my favorite when we say, we don't know Jack. I'm all about it. 
It's like, this is, come on, people. Before I get to the next thing, this is also where, again, you have to, this is where we talk about like reframing the lens at the beginning of the show. This is what you have to do as a fantasy manager of your team as well. I'm not playing DeAndre Swift week one. I like DeAndre Swift a lot. But in my, in, in my league, I am going to play Matt Breda over him because I don't think DeAndre Swift's going to get a ton of work in week one because of the injury, because of other backs that are being there. I love him a lot later in the season. You have to come, we're not looking at the whole season. We're looking at one week. And this, we talked about all off season that you might have to wait on Jonathan Taylor a little bit. You're going to have to wait on Cam Akers a bit. You're going to have to wait on DeAndre Swift a little bit. If you, it, we think it'll pay off in the end. But those guys aren't going to be live up to draft value in week one, most likely. Like, so you have to adjust accordingly. And we told you that all offseason. If the Acre stuff meant nothing, this one means less than nothing. People freaked out that Mike Giusecki was listed behind Durham Smythe oh. on the tight end list for the Miami Dolphins. I will remind you that Mike Giusecki is playing in the slot this season. It doesn't matter where he is on the tight end list. He's big. He's playing big slot for Chan Gailey. That's his role. They want to run the ball, and he will be in the big slot role. It means absolutely nothing. Do not panic about Jaseki, even though everybody seems to be. He's still going to be used the same way we thought he was going to be used a week ago, a month ago, three months ago. Amen. <laughs> Ryan Flores told you what he was playing. We've told you he's playing in the slot. I, I, why would you freak out because you saw it? Yes, technically he has a T-E next to his name. That is his designation. That doesn't mean that's where he's lining up on the damn field. Come on, people. Pay attention to what we're saying. Pay attention to what we're saying is going to start being part of the slogans. Hank, I'm going to need you to do something, intern, and you're not clutch today. You're Hank, so that I can't remember why we demoted Can we talk him. about why he's not clutch today, yeah, Paige? Let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it, Jamie. So, I need a refresher. My dude here, who, as you know, has a, a checkered history when it comes to Allen Robinson, because we trashed him for his Allen Robinson pick when we did the, the TDN-specific show, got oh. duped last night by a fake Adam Schefter account. By the way, five hours after the fake Adam Schefter account tweeted this. Not right away, not in the heat of the moment. Five hours later, with no other media outlet reporting it, uh, with just a all caps, yes, sir, to the Bears and Allen Robinson finalizing, in air quotes, a four-year, $76 million deal. So okay. we're going to add Homer in to the front oh, of Hank. We're going to go Homer and Hank, not Hammer and Hank, Homer and Hank. And Clutch, is, Clutch has been taken away. Oh, man. Hank, I'm going to need you to start keeping track of the slogans for the show. Uh and revisit them from time to time. But man, Homer and Hank is a hell of a nickname. It is a hell of a nickname that has now, I think that one is going to stick, brother. I am I sorry for you. It's going to be hard you. to get Clutch back now. But. <laughs> it's going to be hard to get Clutch. You might have Clutch moments, but I think you're going to be Homer and Hank for the most of, uh, for the rest of time. Uh, any other depth chart news that you guys want to get into that stuck out to you, Jamie? Otherwise, I'd like to move on to the rankings and, and talk about what, what maybe sticks out this week in your rankings? Nothing else super notable. Uh, and again, this, the reminder, these are unofficial. Coaches are going to do what they want. <laughs> and I hate to break it to everybody, but coaches are going to do what they want when they want, whenever they damn well please. And they will do everything they can not to tell us what, what that's going to be. But, because, um, because Jamie, that's a great point. Because don't think for a second there's coaches that aren't putting Cam Akers as third because there's some moron offensive assistant that's like 24 that goes running to the head coach. Uh, maybe we need to change this game plan because 
Cam Akers is listed as third in the depth chart, and the head coach laughs at him and says, we're not changing what we're doing depending on who we think is going to play a certain amount of time, right? They'll overthink analysis. But don't think there's not coaches doing that just to screw with the other teams that are out there, see what they're going to do and not give anything away. Because they don't give a damn about your fantasy team, unfortunately. They never will. And they never will. And that's just how the story goes. Jamie, your rankings, what sticks out to you? I'd like like at least one thing, um, maybe three things that stick out to you as we go into week one that are are maybe a a little bit jump off the page um, from, from what you were preparing for. Yeah, so I'll start with with running backs here. Uh, I have Josh Jacobs extremely high this week. He's a top five running back for me in PPR. Ooh, okay. Um, I have a number five. Uh, Carolina can't stop anybody, and they couldn't stop anybody last year when they actually had players that had played in the league before, and now they're not going to be able to stop anybody in, in week one. Uh, I am a huge fan of him. I think he's a value in DFS. Uh, obviously, you were starting Josh Jacobs regardless in, in regular, but I think he's going to be uh, a, a tremendous asset this week. I like him a lot. The other one that I think on the more downside, and again, I'm still playing him. Again, context matters, but when it comes to about managing expectations, I do not have Clyde Edwards-Alaire as an RB1 this week. He comes in at running back 13 for me uh, in PPR. I think he'll still have a good week, but I think he's going to come off the field a little bit more than people are expecting on Thursday night, and I'm already preparing for the panic when Darrell Williams trots on the field for three or four plays in a row and people are going to lose their mind. Uh, He's still a rookie. I still think they're going to try to ease his workload a little bit as he gets acclimated. Uh, and again, until he becomes a no doubt proven pass blocker, which I, from all indications that he's working on it, but I don't think that he's at Daryl Williams's level yet. If he gets blown up on pass protection and Mahomes gets hit, Edward Solaire is going to be sitting for a little bit. I don't care how talented he is. So I, I just think people need to temper their expectations this week. You're still starting him clearly He's my 13th running back, but if you're expecting him to come out and have a, a top five running back performance week one, I think that is unbelievably optimistic. I like those. I like those. Those are good things that stick out, especially because I know uh, we're going to get some type of overreaction after Thursday night because part of the excitement that exists here is the buildup of everybody and then the inevitable overreaction Monday, but it'll be overreaction Friday because of the first game and and the long 48 hours it will take for us to get from the first game to the slate of games on Sunday. Jake, there's just a a side note here for everybody. You're going to see these rankings coming out all the time. So you're definitely going to want to pay attention to what Jake and Jamie are doing week in and week out because one of the few places that is delivering the rankings as soon as we can get them out to you and you'll get ahead of the game. And these are, these are some of the things you're going to want to do so that way you can get waiver claims in and start to look at things and be ahead of the game. So just a, a good shout out to both of my guys here who are going to be putting in a lot of work as, as the season progresses. Jake, as you did your rankings, what are some things that stuck out to you about this week um, as, as you prepared? I got Matt Ryan and Ben Roethlisberger a little higher than I probably normally would. Uh, I love Matt Ryan and their matchup against the Seahawks. I go back to the Bucks game last year, and Jameis Winston lit them on fire in Seattle. Well, Matty Rice is playing at home where he always plays well. That, that defense is still not very good. I think that game is going to be an absolute track meet shootout, which is going to be a ton of fun. I think Matt Ryan has a big week. Roethlisberger's playing the Giants. He's also playing on Monday Night Football. And the Steelers in prime time, I don't care if they're at home or on the road, his first game back. Juju's got a lot to prove. Uh, I got Juju a little higher than I probably normally would. I think he's at 10. Uh, and Ben's at 7 in my, in my rankings. I just think 
those guys for this week are going to have monster weeks. I think Ben's got a lot to prove, and he loves primetime. Uh, that defense is going to go off. I, I just – I think he has a monster week. So, I got those guys a little higher than normal. I'm not sure I totally agree on Jamie. I got him a little down a little farther, but not – he's definitely still a, a, an RB1 for me. I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire does not pull off a, a, a Kareem Hunt debut, but I think he gets an end zone a couple of times, which changes this, because I think they're going to scheme it up to let the hype go crazy. And I think they're going to blow them out. I'm going to give you a little preview of what I'm going to say. Yeah. You know, when we do, when we pick this, um, I just don't think the Texans have the firepower to hang around. So I, I think he's definitely going to have some big stuff schemed up for him. It'll, it'll be fun. Uh, we'll get into that in a moment. I want to react to the, to the Ben Roethlisberger stuff quickly, because I know uh, Monday night's going to be a hell of a night. Right. And I think there's a lot of it. It's, it's still, it feels like we are the hype train, but like nobody else is like, I keep waiting for somebody else to kind of jump on this Pittsburgh stuff with us, but everybody's so dialed into what Baltimore and Lamar is doing that it's just not being talked about. Like I'm, I'm watching more NFL network than I probably ever have. I'm, I'm looking for somebody to just be like, Ben and the Steelers, Ben, like I, I just keep waiting for it and it's not happening. So I think if you have him on your fantasy team and that means you, you listened to us, you waited, you probably got him in a later round. I think you're going to be in for a real treat on Monday night because that Giants team is garbage and that defense is real bad. And I, it's, I do not think it's going to be a pretty game. I do not think it's going to be a pretty game. I think it's going to be a, a real, real good one for, for Ben and for Juju, Jake, which I think you brought up. And I know, Jamie, you're a, real high on, on Juju going into the season. So a lot of excitement for, for those guys. Yeah, one yeah. other guy on my point. Sorry, Jamie, cut you off. There was Hayden Hurst I've got higher than yeah. I probably normally would, too, uh, this week just because of the Matt Ryan stuff I was talking about. And Seattle was second in the league, worst, second worst to the Arizona Cardinals covering tight ends last year. <laughs> I'm not sure they're going to be significantly better. And I think he has a big debut uh, in week one. Yeah, I like those. I like the Matty Ice one, too, because I think I, I haven't got, let myself get past Thursday night football for everything that is excitement, but Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson in a track meet, sign me up for that. That's That sounds like a hell of a – that sounds like a game I, I want to be all the way dialed into. It could be low-key the most exciting game of the week. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. You guys, Jamie, we, we cut you off, so go ahead. No, a couple of things I want to reiterate, and then one more name I want to throw out there. Uh, I also have Ben, Big Ben, and Matt, Matt Ryan both in my top seven for quarterbacks this week. I have Ben at six, Ryan at seven. So I, obviously really great plays there. Uh, Hayden Hurst, top seven tight end for me as well. The Seahawks gave up the most receptions and receiving yards to tight ends last year. So even more than Arizona. Uh, and So they, they are – and I know Adams is there, but that team's going to struggle uh, against tight ends. So I love the debut for Hayden Hurst. One name I do want to bring up, and you're still probably starting him, but he's, he's my wide receiver 16. That's Amari Cooper, who I'm down on this week. Jalen Ramsey has eaten this guy's lunch. over the. They have met twice, and Amari Cooper has like three total catches. Like, it is bad. <laughs> so I would temper your expectations. I, I doubt you have two or three receivers on your roster that are going to be better than him in week one. But I would say be cautious. That's the Sunday night football game. Uh, I know that I, I expect that to be high scoring as well. Both teams are going to throw the ball all over the field, but they threw this ball over the field last year too. And Amari Cooper did not get to participate with everybody else. And they have a much better matchup with Michael Gallup on Troy Hill, CeeDee Lamb in the slot. Uh, I would just be a little bit cautious. I think you're going to get maybe wide receiver two production, but you haven't even gotten that in the first two Ramsey Cooper matchups. Yeah, that's, I think Jalen, 
which kudos you getting paid big dog. So congrats on that. And I, the, on Sunday night football, I think you're going to see that's what Jalen lives for. Right. And I think that I, I remembered distinctly the matchups uh, and yeah, Amari did not show out in those games. The so only but, thing I'll say there is maybe it's a little different than the past is Wade Phillips is gone. New defense coordinator. We're not exactly sure what this defense is going to look like. And is Jalen Ramsey going to follow Amari Cooper? Is he going to stay on one side of the field? Yeah, that's if a good point. If he doesn't, they have a chance to scheme this up a little bit and get Amari going and have more success in the past. If he doesn't, you're exactly right, Paige. Jalen Ramsey wanted to go to Hollywood. He wanted yeah. to play in L.A. He wants to play on primetime. He just got paid. If he follows them all over the place, and I own Amari Cooper in one league, I, I don't know that I'm, I'm loving any of that. That's a great point, James. And, there, and there's nothing better than being on primetime and beating up on the Cowboys. Because if you do that, then you're going to get a lot of publicity. Man, so you I guys are getting my excitement. I got so many bombshells <laughs> to drop this week in week one that it's like it's hard to sit here on them and wait another day or so before we, uh, before we pick those. Okay, well, it's time, it's time to get into the actual football analysis because we do have a game to get into, a pretty big one. Uh, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Houston Texans. The home game for the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a nine-point favorite at home. That's a big number. Uh, but since Jake already alluded to the fact that he is um, going to go with a blowout in this game, Jake, I'm going to let you take the analysis first. So, you said it's going to be a blowout. Talk us through what you think is going to happen in this game. I got the Chiefs 34-23. I got them covering that nine. Uh, I think they pick up right where they left off last year. I, I, that offense, nothing's changed other than their, their offensive line's a little bit worse than it was, but I don't think that's going to matter. Their weapons are healthy. Mahomes is motivated. Don't think for a second this coaching staff's not going to remind them that they lost to the Texans at home last year. Deshaun Watson came in and gave it to Pat Mahomes at home. Uh, they're going to come out and prove a point. Look, this Texans defense sucks. They limited pass rush, bad secondary, unproven weapons on offense that haven't worked together and played a game yet. Now, if they're all out there and they're all healthy, it could, in, it could in, be interesting, okay? But I'm not sure what to expect from any of those guys. By the way, We've talked about all the time the narratives get written early in the season. If this Kansas City defense was good down the stretch and really good in the playoffs at times, uh, they brought everybody back. I expect them to be right there and a lot like Tampa's defense. They're in year two of a defense coordinator, Schwartz. I, I just I cannot see how this Texans team hangs in there to start the year on, in prime time. Kansas City flying high. I, I just I cannot get around. The nine didn't even bother me. Normally that scared the hell out of me. It's haunting season for Tyron Matthew, as he said. He's, he, he went full. He's in zero dark 30 LeBron status already. He's wiped his whole Instagram clean. He's like, I don't have to talk to none of y'all. I was like, all right, all right, Ty, let's go. They're, they're hyped. The Kansas City Chiefs are really trying to be that team that goes and repeats this year. And they've got all the pieces. And most importantly, they got the quarterback at the helm. So, Jamie, are you in agreement with Jake that they are going to cover – the bet online spread as of right now, nine, right? So just want to make sure that we're, uh, that, that you think that they're going to cover that spread as well. I don't, I think they win. Hmm. Uh, I, I'll, I'll put this, I usually don't like doing scores, but I'll, I'll go 31, 23 here. Okay. Uh, the Texans and Deshaun, Deshaun Watson's played Kansas city close outside of that second half where they really just got obliterated in the postseason, which counts. I mean, obviously, but uh, you know, they beat them in Kansas city last year in the regular season. 
through five, watching through five touchdowns and an eight point loss uh, a couple years prior to that. I, I, my concern is, is it's look, Kansas City's winning this game. Like I don't have any fears about that. My concern is whether or not they're going to blow them out and whether or not everybody's going to be have enough wind on both sides to make this game as high scoring as everybody hopes it's going to be. Uh, to me, I'm going to take Texans plus nine uh, in this game. And that's actually where the, uh, Sharp money has been hammering them down. They, they moved up to plus 10 uh, for a while there. They're, that's where they were sitting. That's where they opened. And then a lot of sharp money came in and they dropped the line down to nine and a half and nine. Uh, I, if I were to bet on this game, because I'm not going to bet on the spread uh, in this game, but if I were to bet on this game, I like doing a, a six and a half point teaser on bet online where you get the Chiefs minus two and a half and under 61 uh, total points. I think that's the way to go if you want to bet on this game, which I think everybody does because they're kind of itching to get, get things going here. But uh, I, I think the Texans can keep this close-ish, like within a couple scores here, just because everybody is healthy for the most part right now on this team. They're not going to stay that way, and there's going to be a lot of problems they're going to have to deal with during the season. But they're going to be a motivated team. I think when you have this bridge to offseason, it kind of pushes the middle in a little bit to start the year. I want to see how sloppy both of these teams are out of the gate. Uh, so this might be a little bit low scoring. So I don't love it, but I think the Texans can can hang within – about eight points, eight or nine points in this game. If I were to play devil's advocate to myself, I like the point that you said about having enough wind to make it high scoring. Uh, and I do think we're going to see bad football from a lot of teams in week one uh, and maybe weeks one, two, and three. I don't think Kansas City is going to be one of those teams. They have so much chemistry. Uh, and here, I, if you go back and read the article I just wrote on Deshaun Watson, we, we launched last week, he has to play like that for them to have any chance. And what I said was he has to take what the defense gives him. He has to be better in the intermediate throws. He can't go all the way down the field. And by the way, all those games you talked about, Jamie, had one thing in common. That was DeAndre Hopkins on the field with him. Yep. He doesn't have that dude anymore. Where's he going with the ball? He's never played with David Johnson. He's never played with Cooks. He's hardly ever played with Fuller. And Fuller's never been Batman and not been Robin. He's now Batman. Okay? Kenny Stills is on the field. Cobb's on the field. He's never played with all these guys and said, okay, Here's what the defense has given me. I'm not going to make the Superman play every time. And if he does, Frank Clark, Chris Jones, this defensive line, they can get after you. I just – I can see bad football from the Texans and good football from the Chiefs. I think – I can thinking, I can see it getting away from the Texans early in this game. Yeah, I think that's the, the – from an interest factor, right, for me, um, I want to see how Deshaun Watson plays without DeAndre Hopkins. That's my, like, the because I know what this Chiefs team is. They return, what, 21 of 22 starters? I mean, it's a ridiculous, we know what this team is. We know what, we know what Mahomes is. I, I get the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire hype, but I'm, I'm, my expectations are tempered for him because he's a rookie, uh, so I'm not as, I want to see what Watson looks like without Hop on the field, because I think that is such a big, underrated storyline that everybody just kind of thinks we're going to get this special Jordan-esque Watson. And we might not get that. I don't, I don't think it's going to be, I don't think he's not going to be as, you know, he's going to be excellent. He's Deshaun Watson. He's, but he's got some steps to take and some stuff to prove. And then what do those other pieces look like? Can Will Fuller make it through a whole season? What does David Johnson look like in this offense? You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of interest. For me, at he's least. gonna have those Jordan moments because that's who he is. But he needs yeah. to have a lot more Larry Bird moments, which is drills a three when it with a wide open pass. Yes. Take what the defense gives you and what the play is designed for, and a lot less of those Jordan moments because a lot of those Jordan moments he takes big sacks, 
takes big hits. He's not a very big guy. Yeah. He's running a little too much. He's not one of these guys that runs and gets down. Lamar Jackson never gets hit when he runs. Yeah. Kyler Murray never took a big shot last year. He took a lot of sacks and falls down, but never took a big shot. Deshaun Watson gets hit all the time. He's got to take that out of his game. And I don't know. I mean, if you go back and watch DeAndre Hopkins to break this down a little bit further football-wise, you can't stop him at the line of scrimmage. There's nobody getting hands on him and Mm-mm. just drilling him in a man-to-man situation. So if you're the quarterback, you always know there's going to be enough separation with a guy with long arms, a big catch radius that catches everything. And he forced it to him a ton, a ton, whether it was down the field, on a slant, whatever it was, that's now completely out of their game. Who's that going to be that guy? And can he read the defense enough to go, okay, pre-snap, it's going to be Cooks in the slot. He's the hot. He's matched up in this coverage. I'm not sure he's there in his, his quarterback progression yet. Look, I love Deshaun Watson but he's got a lot of growth when it comes to this. He has to prove to all of us he can do this all pre-snap without saying pre-snap, I'm going to D-hop because I know he's going to beat man-to-man coverage. He's going to have enough separation for me to make this throw. I don't think any of these other guys have that yet. That's, that's a big thing for me for him to have to get over. Yeah, that's why I'm very excited for this game. I think there's a lot, there's a lot on that side of the ball that I want to pay attention to because I think there's a lot of people, including this morning, that I saw pick Deshaun Watson to be an MVP candidate this year. I just, I think there's, there's a it lot. Jake's article. Yeah, th- yeah, that's exactly right. I was gonna say there's, I, I think there's, there's a lot that has to happen in the league for for that to be the case. And I'm not saying Deshaun Watson can't be that player. I just don't think they have the talent on that team right now question, for him Paige. to be that. Is Deshaun Watson in Russell Wilson's league? No. No. Russell Wilson's never gotten an MVP vote. That, that's kind of my point here. It, but he like, has to play like that for them yes. to be any good. And yes. by the way, if he can make these progressions, if his pre-snap stuff is that on point with these weapons and they stay healthy, they could be fun because they're going to be a lot of shootouts. He's going to have to play like Russell Wilson for them to win games. Yeah. Yeah. He's not there in my opinion yet, which makes him not even in the guys we're talking about for MVP. I start the article off by saying I love the kid, love the leader, love the player. Love the person he is. He's a phenomenal young man. He's got some serious growth to do that DeAndre Hopkins being on the team limited that growth. Yeah, and I think that – you say all that to say that is normal. That is yes. okay because our expectations cannot be Patrick Mahomes, guys. That's like the, the lens that, it has, that now exists with rookie quarterbacks is a, just a astronomical, so stupid – the reality is Mahomes is not the – you cannot set the standard as Mahomes. That cannot be what everybody else has to live up to, what everybody is trying to chase. That's just not realistic. One, Mahomes got to sit for an entire year behind Alex Smith, and I feel like we just do not give that enough how much that impacted what he was able to do and what he was able to learn and how much he was able to grow and all the things that people talked about him about – Jay Cutler and throwing a ton of interceptions and all these comps and everything, not being a winner in college, all of those things that Mahomes had, he was able to sit not only for a year with Andy Reid guys and Alex Smith, who was an excellent tutor to him and all these things. And we've, we've got this now where it's like, because Watson came out at the same time as Mahomes, you're looking at him and you're going, well, can Watson do this? No, he's a young, he's what, 25 years old? I mean, he's so young. He's got so much time to Jake's point to become Russell Wilson. To, By the way, there's parts point. of what I said that apply to Patrick Mahomes. I don't okay. think he's at the, at the evolution of where he's going to be. 
couple years from now when he's seen more defenses and he's better at taking what the defense gives him, he's going to be even more efficient if that, if that can happen. It's, it's a lens that exists now that's, quite frankly, not fair to everybody else because Mahomes can end up being a generational talent that we don't see. You just don't there, – there's not five of these guys coming out in two years. It, it just – that's not yeah. how this goes. It's not how this goes. One of the – how many times do you have to look at what the Bears have done for 100 years in the NFL to understand that there isn't one of these guys coming out every draft? There isn't one of these guys coming out – Every five drafts, it's just it, it's a un it's an unfair lens that has been given to everybody else because of what Mahomes is doing. And I just I think Watson does have so much to, to prove, but he has so much time to get there. He's young. He's, He's got paid. He got plenty of time now. Yeah, well, the, the kid exactly is the kid right. is amazing. But it was almost limiting his progress. Patrick Mahomes never had DeAndre Hopkins to force the ball to all the time when it had to matter. Right? He won a lot of games not necessarily playing quarterback like it's supposed to be played. He's not a top 10 quarterback right now. He has the potential to be a top five, but he has to do this kind of stuff to get there. Elite quarterback play is played between the ears, not between the lines. Like it's, that is so different when you're talking about taking it to another level pre-snap when you have all your weapons, and it doesn't matter who you're going to. You're going to the open guy, and you know who the open guy is going to be before the ball is snapped. That's elite quarterback play. He's not there yet. He damn sure can get there. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. As a, as, yeah. As a reminder, Joe Burrow is only a year younger than Deshaun Watson. And Josh Rosen's younger than Joe Burrow. Like, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, like, you're talking about guys, I know they feel like they've been around for a while, but he's 24 years old, guys. Like, he's, he's a baby. Like, he's young. He's got so much time to become an unbelievable quarterback. And we're talking about guys that are playing in the league now until they're uh, Tom Brady's 43 years old. We've got Drew Brees and Russell. I mean, these Aaron Rodgers, like Aaron Rodgers said, I want to play into my – like the, the league has changed the rules to protect the quarterback so that we can get these guys in the league and let them play for a long period of time. Why do those guys play that long, Paige? Because they play between their ears and they don't yeah. take hits. Yeah. He's yes. got to do those two things to play that long and become that, that level. 100%. They learn along the way. And you Absolutely. see, like the play, the player Russell Wilson is now is not the player we saw Russell Wilson at no. five years ago. Like it's it go watch go watch. It's night and day the way the team is built around him. But I, I think it's important for everybody that, and, and I think our listeners understand this. But I think sometimes this gets lost in just the kind of the you know I'm right you're wrong culture that we live in that there's only two points and there's no gray area. You have to be able to delineate between when the criticisms between different players, like we're, the criticisms that we are displaying for Deshaun Watson are criticisms that we are reserving for the best quarterbacks in the league. He, we're talking about this is what you have to do to get into tier one of quarterback territory versus if we were talking about, you know, a lot of the conversation this year around guys like Sam Darnold, for example, the, the, those criticisms are about how do you just get into the stay in the middle tier of quarterbacks. So you have to understand that all criticism is created equal. So it might seem like, Oh, well, you're picking on the, no, we're not picking on Deshaun Watson. We are discussing what he has to do to become into an elite tier. Not all criticism is created equal. Like I think we yeah, have, you have to understand. Guys are capable of that. Yeah. I'm just I'm just blown away because I'm thinking about him getting drafted in 2017, right at the end of the, and he's 21 years old. Like yeah. he's like they're just like you just. But they forget. all are, Paige. Like I'm not giving him a pass because he's young. He's been oh, damn good. This is what it's going to take to be that much better because by the way, this entire organization is now built on his shoulders. It ain't JJ Watson anymore. It's Deshaun sure. Watson's just like mm -hmm. Russell Wilson. And when you pay the quarterback that much money, 
it's even more on the quarterback to put up those numbers and be that dude because you just lost like five starters. Yeah. A rookie oh. quarterback contract is gone. Mm-hmm. He kicks in another level now, which means next year they're going to have fewer players than they have now. Yep. It's, it's time. It's time for him to take that progression. Um, and I think there's a lot of excitement going into the season for, for specifically watching him and, and how all those pieces fit together. All right, guys, final thoughts on today's pod. Jake, I will let you go first. Uh, the excitement is now here. Uh, I started, <laughs> I started the slow. There's the show a little slow, uh, a little slow and low. I'm now, I'm now on fire and now I can't wait because uh, this matchup tomorrow night, now that we're sitting there, if Deshaun Watson can do this now in week one, this could be a damn shootout on the first night of, of football season. It could just be fireworks and be awesome. Either way, yeah. it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Absolutely. Jamie, final thoughts? There are a lot of very interesting storylines in this game beyond the two quarterbacks. And I think the thing I'm going to be looking at from both a real life and a fantasy perspective are the two top running backs. How is David Johnson used? How does David Johnson look? Is he finishing runs? Is he looking like the player that – we saw two or three years ago, or is he going to try to be more passive, avoid hits, taking only what the defense gives him? How is he going to line up outside at wide receiver? If so, how frequently? Uh, and then obviously all eyes are going to be in the fantasy community on Clyde Edwards Alaire. Uh, how is he used? How dynamic can he be? What his role in the passing game is going to be? So to me, obviously the two quarterbacks are the big stars in this game, but I am very interested in looking at those two top running backs because we're going to learn a lot about how those two are going to be used. Not all. Things can change. And, and as we know, after week one is overreaction theater. We all, you know, we have, the pendulum swings all the way to one way just for it to kind of swing all the way back after week two and then people start to normalize. But we're going to get a glimpse at least of how these two running backs could be used. And, and I'm really excited because both are going to have huge roles in the success of their team. I mean, look, the Chiefs are going to be or win that division if I was playing running back. But Houston, if they're going to be a playoff team, they're going to need David Johnson to be a major contributor as a pass catcher and as a runner. And how he's used in this game, how he looks, his ability to come out of the game healthy is going to go a long way in seeing if he can be one of the many pieces that they need to help replace, even though they're not going to be able to, but help replace part of what they lost when they gave up DeAndre Hopkins. One more thing to note here, Paige, on that. Look at the Houston Texans' stat line when this game is over. Because for the last four years – it's been one dude with 12 for 120 and a touchdown or two and a couple guys with two or three. If they have five or six guys with five or six catches and the ball gets spread around, that is a huge indicator of what we were just talking about with Deshaun Watson, this offense taking that progression. If that happens through weeks three or four, watch out. It's going to suck for fantasy because nobody's going to know. But they're all, all going to be pretty solid, right? I mean, you're all getting five for 60 six for 75 one dude maybe pops up for eight for 100 and the next week drops down but if they're all getting the targets and they're spread out this offense still could be pretty good if they all stay healthy final thoughts here is i root for chaos and so in that i am hoping that in some bizarro world deshaun watson ends up pulling off a hail mary and beating the chiefs so that friday can be the overreaction of overreactions that is what i am rooting for because when it does not involve my team I root for chaos. And that is what I'm rooting for because if that happens, the 48 hours between Thursday night and Sunday are going to be absolutely off the freaking rails. And that is what I want because I want chaos. If give me all of the NFL stupidity that comes along with watching week one and just absolutely losing your mind. So that is what I am rooting for. Sorry, Chief Sands. Sorry to my family members who are Kansas City Chiefs fans. 
you guys know who I am. My nickname is Petty Page, and I want to root for Chaos. So these are these are the things that I'm rooting for. I don't think that's going to happen, but you bet your ass on Friday during our podcast, if it happens, I'm going to say, told you so. Okay? Jamie, how can everybody follow you on social media? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and make sure to check out the draftnetwork.com, the fantasy section throughout the week and weekend. All of our rankings are live. So, and they will be updated and moved. And as I write articles, as I do more research, as injury news comes out, they're all adjusted. So make sure you're checking back throughout the week. Uh, And if you're a TDN premium member, we're going to talk about this a lot on the Friday show, but if you are a premium member or you're on the fence about joining uh, every morning, on Sunday, a half hour before kickoff, our TDN premium only Slack gets a full conversation to start sit, betting advice, fantasy advice, what they should do specifically dedicated to them. So uh, that's a nice advantage to have at the last second. If you're trying to make lineup decisions, you're not sure what's going on with injuries. You have to make a last second move. You have weird, you know, weird league settings. You need specific advice. You really just can't find anywhere else. Uh, that's the place to get it every Sunday morning. If you're a TDN premium member. Yeah, I am. I'm so hyped. I'm so hyped for football. All right, Jake, how can everybody follow you on social media? Jake B. Arians on the Twitter. Yeah, be sure to follow the guys. Check out the rankings as you guys are getting ready to set your lineups. Do not forget to set your lineups. I'm going to say that again. Do not forget to set your lineups. Thursday, it is back. Make sure you have the right people uh, slotted and and prepared. And if you have start or sit questions as it pertains to Thursday night's game, Hit us up on social media. You guys can find me at the underscore sports page with an eye on both Twitter and Instagram. You can follow the show at TDN Fantasy and be sure to check everything out as always at thedraftnetwork.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.